Spiff on a pancake, you know, Cinnabon and a little, little bit of smoke in a pancake, yeah. Smoke in a pancake, yeah, you should know. You, you just grab a hubba and you just fucking, you know, you just fuck her. Uh, you are you a fucking nutter? <laughs> uh, you're fuck, you're, you're just a big fuck cake, so you know, you just, you know, you stream all over, huh? and you just, you're nothing, you. You fucking nutter. You fucking nutter, you. You nutter, you just nutter, and then you nutter, keep nutting on her, and then. One day, how fucking you know, a little white coming or crawling around the you know crawling around the la- the, the flat. <laughs> I forgot how they say apartment. All right. I was like, how do they say f- apartment flat? And you had just said it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of After. Oh yeah, FM. we live. Sorry. <laughs> we uh, we got one mic, one day. One day. One life, one love. Uh, one blunt. One blunt. One cup of tea. One cup of tea. <laughs> blunt is being lit. He's, uh, he's it's good here. tea. It's good tea? Good tea. Let me see. I got to take a sip. Oh, take a sip. ginger in a while. Oh, ginger's good. It's a little spicy, but mm. like a little ting of spice if you don't drink it much. Like a good, you take a good shit after it. Like it's like. A, you feel good. Yeah. I, want, I don't know about shitting, but. I yeah. don't know. I'm a, com- when I would drink kombucha. But I'll let you know about this one. Kombucha, kombucha, I, I liked it because like when I, I take a shit, yeah. I felt like the, the shit was, it was like a soda. Yeah, <laughs> was like, I was like, oh shit, hey, yo. this, this actually works. I'm going to drink my shit now. I'm a, yeah. And then I bottled up the shit and <laughs> sold it, vitamin water, try it. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> uh, so yeah, man. Uh, he's gonna share a little bit about his life. Tell me, uh, tell me. Let's start from the beginning. Oh, where? What is? Uh, I haven't done a podcast in a while. It's. Uh, I mean, I ain't going nowhere. All right, we chill. I'm pretty sure like ten people already stopped listening. So it's not live, live, bro. <laughs> no, I know, but they probably press pause on the thing. They're like, no plus pause. It's fucking people. The British, the British invasion on my fucking speakers. Yeah, bro. It's all. It's, it's all yeah, <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> the joking. British invasion. Is yeah tell me tell me about uh um yeah man so i go by uh one day um but my real name is eric you know still a good amount of people call me eric Mm. um and then my girl calls me daddy but that's another story ow Uh, i gotta gotta get the sound effects that's what i used to do i used to do the sound effects on Another show. Anyways, but where do I begin? I don't know. You got to ask me questions. I don't know how to tell me, uh, tell talk me about, about myself. Tell me about your early life. Where are you from? Okay, I was born life. and raised in Englewood, New Jersey, mm. Bergen County. Um, born and raised out there. Grew up there. Family, uh, first generation American. My parents, they met at an uh, English-speaking school, a uh, night school. Mm. Um, my dad had just migrated from alaska to new jersey my dad his my dad is the youngest of 10 and then his one of his brothers was living in new jersey but i guess alaska at that time or maybe still is is a great starting point Mm. for immigrants Mm. because i guess they don't really check or like alaska like they like immigration is is like low-key out there Mm. so i guess like from there um we he moved out to to jersey and then um he said i remember telling like within two months he started english speaking school then he met my mom there and then he he bagged her he's like it was good ma yeah like literally like was good ma like was good like you trying to go out 
and, but he didn't speak like that. It was more was no. This was in Jersey. Oh, he had moved to Jersey, hmm. and then uh, on their second date, my dad shot up the club, and then I was here nine months later. So uh, very beautiful story. Date, so the second date they so went on. You're saying your dad doesn't pull out. He don't pull out for shit. Yeah. Um, what else? Was it a love thing or was it a? Or it wasn't love. Does your dad just have a breeding kink? I guess so. Right. I mean, he only had two well, you're kids. Here. You're here now. He had me and my sister. <laughs> but with having me, the generation of that time is, you know, all right, you got a pregnant, so now you got to marry her. Mm. So he got involved with someone he barely got to know. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just got, they just started going out. Mm. Literally, it was the second date. And then by the third date, she told him that she was pregnant. So. Damn. So they had to, so it was like a little forced into like getting to know each other and mm. like seeing if their relationship could work out, which it did. It lasted like 10 years. Got divorced, but still grew up in Englewood. Um, at that time, Englewood was very, very, excuse me, um, I might burp at any moment it's all good. throughout this whole it's podcast. A few burps here and there. Um, very urban, very, how would I say, just, you know, highly black and Latino populated. Um, um, area now, Englewood is transformed a lot. Now it's you know people with money really wants to move. It. Even though Englewood is famous for 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 being the city that Eddie Murphy's lived throughout his whole throughout the whole time that Eddie Murphy was lit, mm. Eddie Murphy lived in Englewood. But in Englewood, really? there's Englewood is divided by the railroad tracks, which is on one side is very high end, on the other side is very low end. Englewood cliffs. Englewood, but it's still considered Englewood, yeah. which is weird. Englewood Cliffs is then like more towards the bridge. Mm. But anyways, Englewood's famous for that. Englewood's famous for John Travolta. Englewood's famous for the Sugar Hill Gang. Mm. Um, considered the first commercial hip-hop song ever. Came out of Englewood, New Jersey. Mm. Um, Sarah Michelle... Gallic? Sarah Jessica Parker mm. is from Englewood. Um, and Brooke Shields. Those are the famous Englewoodians. The biggest one is John Travolta. And then, um, yeah, grew up in Englewood, very, very diverse. Grew up with a lot of, uh, you know, black, a lot of Latinos from different countries, Dominican, Mexican, Ecuadorian. My father's Colombian, my mother's Guatemalan. It's a mess, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, where do I go from there? involved with the music <laughs> uh the music uh well my like father you're early early the, the transition you're a young boy well Englewood. i was first very into uh sports okay very heavy into sports uh yes i'll take more tea um my sports was coming up with soccer basketball soccer and baseball and I swore by the time I was in eighth grade, I swore I was going to NBA. Mm. I thought I, I like, I, nobody could tell me no, like, you're not going to go. Yeah. And they would tell me no. I'd be like, okay, yeah, whatever you say, I'm going to go to the NBA. Like, yeah. But I never realized that how hard that was at that time. Mm. So as I got older, by the time I got into ninth grade, I noticed I was the shortest kid on the team. And I didn't even make the basketball team because I was so short. Mm. Everybody else, the freshmen, other freshmen were like 6'2", 6'3". Freshman year in high school, I was only 5'7", 5'6". Mm -hmm. Now I'm six feet tall. 
but I still haven't grew at that point. Mm. Then heavy into soccer, heavy into baseball. Um, and at that time, during while growing up, doing all that shit, my dad was heavy into music, but my dad was a truck driver. Mm. He was very, but he would always play music, like always. What kind of what kind of albums? Oh, everything, bro. My dad was very diverse. I, I credit my dad a lot to my musical taste, cause, mm. and I do the same for my son now. So for my son, I I do what I, he did to me, which is a lot of variety. It would be Motown one second, the next is Fania All Stars, which is like all the Celia Cruz and Tito Puente and fucking Hector yeah. Lavoe. And then he would go into Stevie Wonder and fucking Sammy Davis and then go into the Bee Gees and then go into ABBA and then go. It was just everywhere. Michael Jackson, very diverse. So at that time while I'm playing sports, I just always had a just a natural love for music due to just being played at my house all the time. Then to where we got to, where music started getting more serious is that I was still in high school a big baseball player. I was very big in baseball. Mm. Like newspapers, would, newspaper uh, editors would come out and watch me play, mm. um, and then write articles about me because I was pretty talented. And I was like, as a sophomore, I was a varsity on the captain. Mm-hmm. As a sophomore for my high school team. So you're like multi-sports talent. I was multi-sport, but then as a freshman in high school, I let go of my dreams of basketball and I said okay if I can't do basketball I know I could do MLB right. I can go to baseball let me do baseball so I just solely focused on baseball I let go of soccer I let go of basketball I let go it was a little football but not much but then I just baseball was all year round yeah. spring summer winter fall in the winter there there are in Jersey there are indoor baseball arenas for yeah. kids um, did that did that did that <clears throat> but at the same time, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. At the same time, I was uh, I was learning. DJing was big, like getting to a big point. Like I was, I loved to party. I was very social. I had to be. Po- I was like, I had to be the popular kid. Like mm-hmm. I was such a, but I was such a nerd at the same time. Like I kind of like broke that barrier of like being jock, a nerd. Jock, jock, nerd, cool. Yeah. Like I was a cool nerdy jock. Like I. I was very smart. I love I love history. I love um, very into science at that time, but I was very jockey. But I was super cool. Like I would I was I never had a click. Mm. Like I've always at yeah. lunch at lunch there was tables and each table was a different click, and I was the one of very few kids where I can sit at any table and just have a conversation with people. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. being cool and like you know making people other people feel quote unquote cool. But I was just. No, I just didn't limit myself in a way. So um, we're still getting to the music part. So then, um, so the sports and the music, the reason why sports is so uh, relevant to the music story is because it it fed the ambition to want to be the best you can be. Mm. And then while I'm doing baseball, I'm going to a lot of house parties, a lot of house parties. Uh, a lot of like breaking walls and stuff, like because the girls are grinding on me. Like, mind you, I'm 16, like being a little, mm. a little thought. Mm. You know what I mean? I was thotty thought. I was like, I was, I was thotty junior. So, um, so then during the house parties, I, I, re- I always saw how my friends would react to a song or something, and I thought that was so cool. Mm. Like, oh, 
this guy put this song on and then like everybody's going crazy like what were the bangers around this time oh this is the time when like reggaeton was popping oh, yeah. reggaeton was coming out so like don omar daddy yankee <laughs> dipset joel santana when ballin' would hit the fucking before ballin', like before still ballin'. still like dipset anthem fucking joel santana kind of was making noise but um jay-z fucking mace diddy it was that two early two thousand or early two thousand. Yeah. Nelly, Ashanti, Ja Rule. I always loved Dipset's uh, like presence in New Jersey. It's always like it's always been different. Like Jay Z is like like a conglomerate. Yeah. But Dipset had like the Dip Shack in uh, in, in downtown Patterson. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was Dipset. Dip Shack. Dip yeah, Dip Shack. What is? The, you've always been in Patterson. Uh, for the majority of my life, yeah. Okay. And what was the dip shop? It was just like a store? Yeah, it was like just a clothing store, Jim Jones. Oh, okay, okay. And shit. It was like a future store but with like dip set. And it was weird. A lot of the, uh, I feel like Jadakiss has a huge presence out here that he doesn't really, like he has it in like, you know, obviously like Wyo and like New York. But Jadakiss is like presence. Like he is like, Jada, I, I would put Jadakiss in the top, he's, he's definitely top five dead or alive. And I'm like not even talking <laughs> about rap. Yeah. I'm talking about like the Beatles. Like okay. Jadakiss is like this. <laughs> you see him big, big. Yeah. What's it called? Yeah, Jadakiss, like he has like just these the best of of Jadakiss mixtape by DJ Biggs is uh I would put it maybe over Rubber Soul. Damn. Yeah. It's it's a it's a it's just verses, but the way <coughs> that man rhymes has been like insane. Jadakiss is definitely uh he's a treasure to hip hop. Mm. He's not an artist that I would like have to play in my car, but I appreciate him a lot. The verses against this set was like probably one of the. And the verses definitely put him in a in a place in my own catalog, especially I'm pretty sure in a lot of people's catalog that was like okay I cannot sleep on this man because this man has delivered yeah. a lot of great verses. Uh, big- the flow is crazy. The vo- his voice is unique, yeah. which makes him which. You know, get some out of the others. You know, what I mean, you could pick them out out of other people by the tone of his voice and stuff, and the laugh and shit. So, mm. so yeah, that time was heavy though. So that time of music, Jadakiss, Dipset, uh, uh, fucking, um, yeah, and then reggaeton too. Don Omar, fucking Daddy Yankee, Zayni Lennox. There was no Bad Bunny at that time. It was just Daddy Yankee, Don Omar, Wisin Yandel. Zion and Lennox, Evie Queen, fucking Alexis Efeel. So all these songs are just taking over the clubs, taking over radio, and took over, you know, my life as a teenager going to house parties. Mm. So then I was like, you know what, let me, I would like to invest and start DJing a little bit as a hobby. Mm. And at that time, Virtual DJ had came out. Mm. Which is like yeah. today and age, like if you say you do virtual DJ, people laugh at you. Nah, but at that DJ time, is the joint, bro. <clears throat> but at that time, virtual DJ was new, fresh. You just needed a computer, and I knew a lot of other people who were getting into DJing too and using virtual DJ. So I was like, cool. So I, I remember my dad let me borrow his six CD disc changer. And like, sorry, I'm just staring into his face. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, and then his speakers that you had to connect through, like gold wiring and stuff. 
and and then you had to connect the RCA cables into auxiliary into my computer, and I started DJing my friends' house parties little mm-hmm. by little. But at the same time, I'm in baseball. I'm like the captain of the baseball team. Like music, I never thought music would be a career. I thought it was just a fun thing to do. Yeah. So then. Um, Senior year of high school comes, baseball. By senior year of high school, I got, I'm getting letters from colleges to want to play baseball and recruit me. But I'm, my grades were horrible. So, like, I would have D1 colleges send me letters saying that they love me, they would wish they could recruit me, but they they would suggest me to go to junior college to get my grades up. But I was so ignoramus at that time. I was like, what the fuck you mean, junior college? Like, to me, I, I took it as in, like, you're not saying I'm the greatest. Yeah, you're not good enough. You need to go fucking play this other school. And I was so ignorant. So ignorant. But I also had nobody. I had no mentor, really. I was doing everything off the cuff. Mm. Everything just off experience. Uh, literally trial and error. Shout out to the LOX living off experience. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit of a callback. Uh, and then, um, so then I went to a few, so then a few D2, a few D2, a few D1, uh, D3 schools, which is, you know, if you don't know what D2, D3, D1 means. This is Division one it's football. Just, yeah, that's like the big deal because all the pros come out of there. Um, but D2, D3 is still considered collegiate, collegiate uh, athletics, but it's just not at a level where, you know, professionals are looking at you or whatever. So. Mm. so then I was so ignorant and I just wanted to – I wanted to be able to show off to my friends that like I did go to college to I did go to college recruited. Yeah. So instead of now, if I was talking to myself back then, now I'd be like, boy, you better go to that fucking junior college and get your fucking grades up, but still kill it kill it in the junior college baseball team. Yeah. Then readmit yourself to these D one schools that want you. And you fucking you'll you'll go to D one school, but no, I didn't do that. Mm. Instead, I went to New Jersey City University on a D three recruitment, and first year got hurt. I was like, man, fuck this, and then he was redshirting me. So then when he told me I'm not playing this year, but I get to play another year, all I kept thinking was, you telling me I gotta stay school another fucking year after I'm done? Mm. But if I was really serious about you know, you need a lighter. I mean, if, if I was really serious about baseball or I had the right focus, I would have done all of that. But I didn't. Mm. And I said, fuck this. The passion of wanting to be good at something was still in me. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to try to be a dope-ass DJ. Mm. See how far I can take it as a DJ. And shouts to moms. Moms invested in some turntables for me. Um, and I think I paid her back probably at least half of it. Through some gigs that I was just taking, like hundred dollar gig there, free gig here, just to try to meet this person over there, and then just started DJing, 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 and that was two thousand and nine, mm. two thousand ten. I want to say two thousand nine. No, that's when she started taking, going to serious mode about DJing, and then that's when. So I taught myself how to scratch, taught myself about vinyl. Told myself about Serato, got into Serato, cause I was like, cause I was going to the clubs and in the clubs it was just Serato's decks. Yeah, we just had Serato like you can only do Serato CDJs or Serato turntables. Like, all right, I gotta learn, I gotta learn what all these clubs are making you wanna DJ with. So, and that's where the music started. That's where music began. For my ignorance of not taking sports seriously. To 
all right, let me try the music thing. And, you know, because, again, mind you, I'm like, quote, unquote, a popular kid. I have a lot of friends and people fuck with me. Da, da. And so I was still going to parties, college parties, mm-hmm. et cetera, getting booked for like frat parties and shit. So, yeah, that's when the music shit took off. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the long ass answer. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, this is cool. Uh, mm. <clears throat> How would you say the development happened? Like, in terms of like when you were like learning, learning to scratch and like doing it, like, were you like studying other, other DJs? Yeah, other DJs that I studied were A Track. Mm. Um, DJ A-Track, bro. Alex's station at that time was pretty big. Now I think he's trash. Um, Alex Sensation. Uh, I would throw out shout out to Yanni. DJ Yanni. Uh, DJ. Um, there was a DJ Sinbad. RIP. I know he just died of recently. DJ Sinbad. He would DJ every Friday on Z100. Mm. And I was amazed at his mashups. Like he would mash up a song two top 40 songs together with the instrumental of the other one and the acapella of the other one and I thought that was so fucking cool mm. to a point where I still do that shit today so um, yeah so I lot of watch the videos of that YouTube had just started started watching a few videos of that and yeah and just started just developing myself and just taking as many gigs as possible and just growing and just learning and 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 I knew after a certain point I said, okay, I can. I'm I'm stuck in this realm of just like local shit, mm-hmm. local shit, local shit. So then, um, in my head, I was already man- like uh, manifesting. All right, let me try to go into the music industry because I think I had saw some interviews of DJs who were like working at like different record labels at as as a position in the record business. So. <clears throat> So, oddly enough, I had started also a job at a restaurant, and there's this girl, uh, Shasta Iman, she was like, you know this girl, this lady, uh, uh, Kim Osorio, comes and eat at this restaurant all the time. And I had no idea who that was. And and if anybody don't know Kim Osorio, she's actually the first female editor-in-chief uh, for a hip-hop magazine. Mm. And she was the editor-in-chief of The Source magazine. Mm. And then um, she was like, yeah, she comes in all the time. Like, I was like, really? I was like, then that light, light bulb just clicked in my head. I was like, hmm, all right, maybe maybe I should get, like, this is my way in to get into this, to the scene mm. or the music industry. And then literally I remember that night I went on Facebook and I just followed the Source Magazine's Facebook page. Mm. And then... On that page, somebody was writing, like, questionnaires and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And nobody was responding but me. I was just the only one responding, responding. And then I get a message, and uh, rest in peace, Danny, man. He just passed away. Mad people passed away that I'm not <laughs> as I'm talking. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, hey, you always responding to our messages. Like, I wanted to invite you to an interview for an internship. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's crazy. Because the girl that told me about Kim Osorio told me she was going to hit up Kim for an internship. Mm-hmm. And I'm over here getting one by just being so responsive. Engaging. To, like engaging in their Facebook page. Mm. I went and did the interview, and it was like it was like six people. And they were like, okay, thank you, everybody. And then they were like, uh, everybody can leave except Eric. And then 
everybody left and then when everybody left he goes yeah i want to hire you right off the spot like right now like i want to get you set up and then i just started the source i started at the source magazines i ended up doing the source magazine's facebook page from me just engaging on their facebook page so danny danny was trying to let go of the facebook page because they didn't start one yeah he's like let me get a let me find an intern and then i guess i stumbled the into his facebook page by being so responsive yeah and um and then so then i started running the facebook page and then um long story short that's when i started interviewing a, i then i was like all right let me start interviewing some up-and-coming artists yeah that was like 2011 and then that's where the development of where i am today with artists comes from of just all right there's under there's up-and-coming artists i work at the source magazine and at this time, magazines are still hot. Like, mm-hmm. blogs were kind of taking over. Like, two dope boys. And yeah, not two right. dope boys and not right. We're, we're making noise, but not to the point where magazines weren't needed. Magazines were still huge. The Source magazine was still relevant. Like, everybody still cared what, what, the, what the Source magazine cover was going to be for the month, yeah. et cetera. So, so that's when I interviewed. I, I was able to interview a few people. The biggest person I probably interviewed was probably King Los, who's now, like, He's a very well-known rapper, very well-known, like, freestyle rapper, very well-known. Mm. He was just known as Los before, but then he changed his name because Fab used to be called Los, too. Mm. Loso. Um, and people get confused. So, yeah, that's where I am. So, that's, like, my beginning of the development of, like, all right, I'm DJing, but what else can I do? Mm. Since I'm in this DJ world. So, like, then we get involved in the music industry, and so I started off at the at the Source magazine. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I ramble on so much. No, and no, I... no, no, no. That's, that's <laughs> mad interesting, bro. That's like, that's an awesome story. Fuck yeah, it's man. cool. Yeah. But that's just me from me being ambitious and like thinking like, okay. This is how the story of you, as you now. Man. Yeah. We're going to get to like, like, going in as a producer, man. Like, just, just nurturing artists, man. For like, fucking creating. Yeah. And like, but we're still going on with the stuff. Nah, but it's building bricks, man. We got all. Yeah, it is. We got a lot of time in the world. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. That's uh. And what about you? I don't know. I know there's not an interview about you, but. What do you mean? Like, uh, I don't know. It's, like, what were you doing in 2009, 2010? 2009, I was in school. I was, I was, I was just in high school. It was around like 2011, like around like that time. I was in like Union City. Okay. And, uh, What's it called? Uh, I was just like working at a restaurant and fucking coming, coming, coming off of college, and uh, I was working. I was working college, and I I interviewed for. I, it was weird because I had I was an intern for uh, for Ty Fife. Shout out to Ty Fife. He did a bunch of uh, he did a bunch of like beats. For, he did beats for Jay Z. Fire. He did like uh, you know he do like Jada Kiss, Cameron. Uh, Raekwon, 50 Cent. You know what I mean? He was just like a go-to producer. Like, okay, you fire. Know, uh, the Rock, just fire. No. If I heard it, I probably no, wouldn't. No, no, no. I think I said it. Not in this place. Fucking, he did Four to Fam. Uh, nah, what was the other one? He did uh, Cameron's fucking... Uh, he did uh, like Cameron's like uh, Purple Haze like album. Okay. Fucking a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I was working for him, and it was just like that that that, that particular time. 
was just like you know what i mean it was yeah. like it was a it was just a very simple but, and what was your role as an intern i did a lot of photography photography and I, like, yeah. I, I knew logic very well i was making beats okay fire and uh you don't make beats no more I uh I don't want to sit in front of a computer more than I really have to. I hear you. I, not even that. It's like I like jamming. I've 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 prototype got me back into making music. Okay. Like I was in, I was I knew how to like I knew how to make beats and it was it's very different from like I'm in the setting of my own home with an MPD <clears throat> and I'm just like running it through like I'm downloading a YouTube video yeah. cutting it up and then uh, and then running it through uh, like the the sampler and then fucking yeah, yeah. chopping shit up I like I miss that process because I could chop up samples like there's not a lot of uh, I want like live chopping and a lot of the things but it's like I don't want to interact with a uh, with a computer. I don't want to I be on like Fruity Loops or like Logic. And the other, the one way I, you can do it is, is load up an SP. But I, uh, I actually, that's when I, my style started getting weird. Like when I moved to LA, I, st- I wanted to reduce my style to something like, I don't know. I, I ditched the I ditched all the shit, but the the problem was like I was just like this broke twenty one year old fucking living in L A. and I, uh, I I only had an SP, so I have a whole tape with an SP, but it's just uh, the exporting and the recording of it always been like uh, I don't know. But it's also like it very rough fun. beats. Okay. Like you can't really <clears throat> quantize. You can't edit the way you yeah. can on it. It's just this is the power of this sample, and I can either flip and I can do whatever. Yeah. But there's very it's very hard to layer. It's more of a thing where if you want a loop running, yeah, and yeah. fucking say you added some drums, it'd be fucking fire, bro. But it's the sampling process of it is pretty tedious. You can't really cut up at like a you can't really cut it with a mouse. Yeah. This is the MP3 file. Send the MP3 file to the the pads. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't want something that has to be like corded, like MIDI. Oh, okay, know. okay, I, I get I, it. I no, I completely understand. I like I, the MPCs. The MPCs make sense, but I don't want to learn another th- whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I just want to fucking just cut samples. Like, yeah. Take it. Yeah, it's whatever. I respect that. I definitely. I think that's what I'm missing. Cause right now I'm I'm heavy in producing right now. Mm heavy heavy bro like i'm producing not just beats but songs like i'm producing all whole songs with songwriters and stuff so and it's pretty amazing but i th- I really feel like i'm missing out because i don't play an instrument at a experience level mm. i play at a very beginner somewhat intermediate level and that just all comes from practice just like you know what i mean just yeah. you just keep doing and doing it but um i do envy you know pr- experience instrument players then i feel like if i can once once i get you see how i changed my terms like so now i'm gonna say once i get to that level yeah i know my the game's gonna change for me but but yeah i i hear you what you're saying like on the whole npc stuff that's that's tough that's fucking you know what i've learned with music uh being here is that one i have no i haven't played music in like 10 years not like, but like not. It wasn't like a fucking like. Oh, I've never played music again. Like you know what I mean, type of shit. I was at one point. I, I like identify like I'm gonna be a producer. Like I want to be a music producer. Yeah. And it was like I'm. I moved to LA, and I fucking you know. But then I was trying to like explore style, but I wasn't really like. 
getting up. It's like the best part of playing music is the is the is talking to people. Is the energy of like the band because you have to be all in sync with each other and like you know what I mean. It's yeah. that. And I'm still a novice. I'm not a good like like. I started with the keyboard. Yeah. And then uh, my brother he got me a Roland fan. It was this, okay. Yeah, like this, and he had a really nice keyboard, and it had like the sequencer was all in it. Fucking, um, but you couldn't really make a full beat with it. It's more like a fucking, here's my loop. Like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, so yeah. you're just recording, like, melodies. Um, I learned how to play keyboard, and but now uh, I started, I don't know how to play the bass, but I just fucking figure it out. Okay. I just, and then you develop, you're not, you're not a guitar player particularly, but you, uh, you approach it with a, like I have somewhat of a fucking understanding of it. I like I can understand pitch because of the piano. Yeah. And when you fucking get that pitch, and you bring it over to the the guitar, the guitar is just to to figure out with the drums, man. Like the bass and the I mean the the bass and like drums is like we're waiting to like, yeah. And then the, and then the fucking drummer picks up or like and, and once that starts sinking, you know what I mean? Like but. My my knowledge of the drums is like very uh, because I only had a drum pad. Right? Oh yeah. Like I only had the fucking the the the, the thing. So I'm like. Yeah, yeah. And you can layer it. To do it all at once uh, is like um, is the actual like like it's just the but it's it's i guess muscle it's muscle memory yeah yeah but i'm getting i'm getting better at the i'm getting better at the drums i'm definitely getting better at bass okay but it's uh it's going in and even though you don't know how to play the instrument is approaching it it's i, I interviewed skateboarders just they shout the caps crew and fucking uh the way these people are learning that's why i admire skateboarding like a lot is uh you gotta get up after every time you fuck up your leg you know what i mean it's like and you're only just gonna you're just gonna get the trick yeah you know what i mean it's yeah just, keep going yeah just keep doing drums are cool and drums up just a bergen community college because i i took a uh, music business mm. for my um for my associates but um you get to choose electives and one of the electives was uh an instrument so i got to learn I learned how to play drums um, as an elective for six months. Mm. So I got a grade for learning how to play something, which yeah. is insane. I never thought I, you could do that. I'm doing that now, man. I'm actually, for school? I'm in college now, and it's really good, this this run of college, because, uh, one, I'm, like, a lot older. Yeah. I'm not like, oh, no, I need the bachelor's degree. Like, <laughs> I'm doing it for, yeah. like, fun. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And when you really do it for fun, that's when you really enjoy it you know what i mean it's i give it up to you bro school is not my thing man i just i mean i only go for painting it's done oh that's, yeah it's, it's you going and i'm like if it was like i was only doing drums yeah i was like yo i got a solo do on thursday <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like, like, i went to culinary school when yeah. i was like working in restaurant and uh it was weird. It was a technical college, like up, uh, okay, okay, okay. up, up in North Bergen, man. And I would do business school. Business school was like real school, where it was like, you know what I mean? Fucking write a paper, da da da. Like uh, culinary school, like I was just a waiter, but I wanted to just go into management and like be able to understand like the back of the house. Yeah. And uh, 
the the exams they give you in that shit is crazy, bro. It was like yeah, restaurants is um the the business world of restaurants is insane. Yeah, it's insane. I I just watched uh, Anthony Bourdain's video uh, documentary. But the Roadrunner. The Roadrunner. Roadrunner. Great, great documentary and just explains the and I didn't know that they fucking I didn't know I, I wasn't aware of his beginning and how he came out and everything how he wrote uh yeah he's from he's from Jersey Leon your Burn County and but I wasn't aware of the fact that he wrote a book of like it was like a tell all book oh you never read Kitchen Confidential no. that's the reason I actually got into I went to the school oh okay it was because like I was reading and I was you fall in love with it bro because you fall in love with the culture that was the episode the culture culture of the kitchen is fucking bar none and I and I and, and I think the culture is ninety percent Mexican or Central American Ecuadorians man Ecuadorian ninety percent immigrant ten percent fucking uh, home team Dominican, Mexican but the kitchen culture is just insane bro. Is insane, and you learn a lot. You learn a lot of machismo, a lot of fucking. Uh, it's, it's not women safe, I would say. You know, I give it up to any woman who works in the back of the house, in the kitchen. Is this the couch on fire? No, yeah, something fell off. Um, but yeah, the kitchen kitchen culture is crazy, bro. Fucking crazy. Learn mad shit, mad fucking, just shit that. Man, if it was known in the like it's pretty absurd obs- obscured is that the word it's absurd absurd yeah yeah and and not in a and not in a good way and not so much in a bad way but some dirty shit in there mm. <laughs> yeah, there's some right. dirty shit in the kitchen like i was called the sand n word <laughs> serious you've been called a siga yeah they called, they called you called a siga yeah <laughs> <laughs> And I called my boss. I like I called the chef uh, Spaghetti Dick. Spaghetti Dick. Yeah, because he was this fucking Italian guy. Was, oh my was insane, god! Bro. It was strange because when I was uh, when I was in school, like I wanted I wanted to be a cook when I was younger here. Uh-huh. And then uh, when I got older, like you know, I went to school because I never actually worked in the back of the house. Because just bartenders just made more money. Of course. So, uh, when I came back, my buddy offered me a job. He was like, "Y'all train you as like my sous chef," and I, I didn't cook. And I came back, and the people that I was working the job at it was the same restaurant. Like ten years later, were people that were still there, bro. There's the hotel Sheridan and Weehawk. And yeah, Sheridan. a lot of those were. Yeah. It's just they were like, but to the the meditation and the repetitiveness of like. Doing the same shit yeah. over and over, cooking the same shit over and over. No, I mean like you know, sometimes you'll get some creativity, but they're repetitive. It's a beautiful like, but it's the culture and the dance and the people and all of it. The dance of the of the actual line was like uh, when you watch when you watch the fucking uh, the Bourdain doc and you read Kitchen Confidential. Kitchen Confidential is so beautiful. Bro. Yeah, and I didn't know they made a TV show off of it. Oh, it was only uh, once. No reservations. The bro. one one season of it. It was like one season. No, no reservations, and the, no, a, a cook's tour I think was one season, and then uh, it went to no reservations, and then it was like the layover. He just kept getting the same fucking uh, good ass job of yo yo Tony. We're gonna send you to Italy. And give you the best fucking food of like all time staying the best like you know <coughs> awesome yeah you know I mean? but uh but yeah I don't even know how we got I thought we were talking about schools and shit yeah but it was uh but if I had to do it again uh I don't know a lot of people say no 
because I was meant to be where I am today. But I honestly believe, like, if I was ignorant, not ignorant enough, and went back to school, I, th- I like I was really good at baseball. Like mm. baseball was my I dream slept ate baseball. Mm. Baseball was my shit. Like I just dominated it, and I liked the attention I was getting from it. You know what I mean? Especially from like elders and stuff. And I would try out for other, like, state teams. Like, when you get good at a level, Mm. people approach you to join other teams that are kind of, quote-unquote, elite. And I would try out, and I would make them, bro. Because it was just like – and mind you, there's like 100 kids at the tryout, bro. And they're only picking 18 kids. And then only nine play. And I make the 18. And then I also make – as a starter. So it's like – this is not a mistake. You know what I mean? It's not like – I play not much. I've gained a lot of weight since I, that during that time, but um, I do. I still think I'm young enough to want to get back into it. So I would put it as a goal for next year. Right. I did play some softball, like you know, co-ed softball, just to keep the engines mm. loose. But it's not the same as hardball. Hardball is, and I was a catcher too. So mm. I just, I just like the, the action. Is it the, the thrill of the game? Catching is a, is a lot of thrill because you're number one. You're behind the plate, so you're and then you're you're always catching the ball. You're always catching the pitch, no matter what pitcher it is. The pitcher changes, but you're always still there. Mm. And um, very dominant position, like mm. very dominant. Like I think most catchers in the planet, whoever played catcher position, um, is always a dominant person. Mm. That's in life, sexual sexual really? activities. Like, if I found out there was a uh, a catcher and he was submissive, uh. then I would do like I would do a, a university science experiment around that guy because you have to be very dominant. Really, you have to be a dominant person because you you kind of control the game in a sense of like, you know, you're telling the pitcher what to throw. You're you're also catching the ball, signaling and shit. signaling and stuff like that. But also when you catch the ball, you're 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 in control of the once the pitcher throws the ball, the ball is live. So when you catch it and like runners, they run, they try to steal a base. The beauty of able to catch somebody running from from within two seconds is the high is like nothing, bro. And so you and it's crazy because someone's trying to take something from you and you get them. Yeah. Like the yeah, guy's it's that feeling. It's that the feeling, feeling of catching somebody that try to get something from you. Yeah. But we're talking baseball. Yeah. But at the same time, it kind of implements the same reality of like, bitch, I got your ass. Yeah. You you try to you try to play me. Yeah. Thinking that you can go to second base and not and nothing's gonna happen to you, but fucking um, bitch, you out. And that feeling is amazing, bro. Yeah. That was an amazing feeling. Amazing, and then um, yeah, man. So baseball was very big. I was very big into baseball, mm-hmm. so I would go back to junior college and stuff like that. But now, as I have a kid, he's heavy into soccer now. So like, you know, and I'm starting him young. You know, I mean, he's he. I got him in an academy, and these this academy is like world renowned to the point where like eighty percent of their alumni go pro. You know what I'm saying? And they've been around for like seven years. And already a few kids already on the U.S. national team uh, on like the on the the U.S. national team that goes to your to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Every country in the world that has a soccer program have younger versions of that team. Mm-hmm. So there's the the one that goes to the World Cup are called the it's called the senior national team. Mm-hmm. But then they have like U21, 
U20, U18, U16. So they have like 16 versions, 16 year old versions of these teams all around the world. So there's World Cups of different ages. I don't know if you knew that. Hmm. Like there's there's a World Cup for age 21 and under. You know what I'm saying? But if you're so fucking good like Messi mm. or Mbappe who yeah, plays he, for France, he, he was 18. Yeah. Messi playing, was 19 playing for, playing for the senior team. Mm. That's just, just, you're insanely talented. You're so fucking good that older men uh, older than you mm. can't keep up. Mm. So they throw you into that team. But then there's kids that are really fucking good, but eh. They're only good around other kids around their age, so they keep them on that team. And they develop them. It's all about development, all developing, which is, like, where we're at right now, which brings us full circle to where you asked earlier. Wow. How the development of my career began, which That's- is the development of of knowing now that I'm first generation and I've gone through my whole teens and 20s, yeah. I've now developed an understanding of, okay, if you love something, sorry, if you love something, you have to commit 100% to it. Mm-hmm. And does it, is there a benefit if you start younger? Yes, there are benefits, but also there's cons to it. You know what I'm saying? There's negatives to starting young. You lose your childhood. You lose your social life, which is very, you know, relevant to anyone. I think mm. even if you're antisocial, I just think you have to be social in some sense to help develop your character. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, you got to just start young and, and focus on that. And grades are definitely important because without the grades, schools really don't give a fuck about you. Mm-hmm. Even though schools know they make billions of dollars off of you, the only way for you to get into these schools or for them to really pay attention is if your grades are good. So. Mm-hmm. And also, like, if you're not doing good in something, you still have opportunities to get there, but you have to take an alternative route. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I was getting told, hey, go to junior college, and you can come play with the big boys. Mm-hmm. But I was like, nah, fuck y'all. Y'all don't want me? I'm going to go to who wants me. And who really wanted me was these D2 schools, D3 schools. I was trying to get to City College of New York, and I loved, I loved I got a tour and everything, bro. You get a whole tour. Mm-hmm. During your senior year of high school, you meet, you make an appointment with the coach. Mm-hmm. And usually academic kids, they go and get a tour from other students. Mm-hmm. But I was an ath- athlete, so th- my tours are different. You get toured through the eyes of a college athlete. Mm-hmm. So you're getting shown the stadium. You're getting shown the locker rooms. You're getting shown the dorms where all the athletes stay at. You're getting shown... Um, you know, this and what kind of activities and stuff like that, et cetera. Hmm. So it's a little different experience, and I never experienced an academic thing. Everything has always been with sports attached or music attached. Mm-hmm. It's never just a normal motherfucker who wants to do something. Mm-hmm. It's just it's always some sort of with arts or athletics. That's where I, that's where it is. What's it What's it feel like now? Now seeing like your son, like enter these. Uh uh, I know that he needs a very heavy support group. Yeah. He needs a heavy support system because You've he lived could, it at this point and you want the best. Yeah, and I didn't really have a great support system from my parents because yeah. they're, again, immigrants and they think that the dream of making money from playing a sport or playing an instrument or singing is like, eh. Yeah. Like, that's nothing. Yeah. Like, 
what something is being a lawyer or yeah. being a doctor or a plumber, yeah. you know, because they make a guarantee four hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. I don't want to fucking deal with shit, yeah. literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm and I think as a first generation, I'm living through chasing my dreams with the fact that the reality is you got to do side jobs. Mm. You got to work a job where you know you're gonna have trouble uh scheduling yourself because you want to go to this gig but you can't go to this gig because no one wants to cover your shift and then but if you don't go to this gig you might not meet somebody's gonna help your career Mm. all that element of stress of living dreams is is my experience and they didn't really get to experience that all they experience is work this time at this time save some of the money put some money on the side And that money's gonna build up to where that we could buy a house. Nah, that don't exist for me. You have to be free. My existence is, and what I've been taught as living as an American, is chase your dreams, bro. Yeah. You're in the country where you can do that. Yeah. But it's like you're still being penalized for doing it as well. Yeah. So it's le- and and it's also learning how to have the discipline. Yeah. To not listen to that. Yeah. Because a lot of motherfuckers lot succumb. Act, it adds to the imposter syndrome. Of it. Yes. Not impo- yeah, like, yes, and it is. Like everybody but the imposter it. syndrome comes from us having people in our lives telling us that we shouldn't be doing this shit. Yeah. When I'm pretty sure the people who have who are being told they should do this shit and have parents who are behind them and they're at the auditions or they're at their at the fucking taking them to the academy instead of the local recreation sports team you know though they don't have imposter syndrome yeah they do think they are supposed to be there yeah so like yeah that's the difference now bro like it's the same thing as approaching the fucking uh, approaching with the instruments bro is that when you feel like you're not like technically savvy in something and it gives you a, and you lose this confidence but when you just go in yeah. with the confidence of it and you becomes there's a there's a, a like a tibetan i don't know tibetan i don't know actually shout out to tibet shout out shout out to tibet yeah. uh i'm not gonna, I love t- I'm not gonna take a hold stance. on i forgot i'm, I'm on not a... taking a stance <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. i forgot we were doing a you podcast saw John Cena and, doing and i want to like make some noise for tibet drink chips you ever see john cena apologize in chinese Yes, I saw that. That was very he's random. Fucking, he's like, blah, blah, blah. and I, very fluent, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry if that's very fluent. I, I don't. I need to find out because he's the most recognizable. Like, like the Rock is like, I guess. The yeah. me and my buddy were talking about who's more uh, famous, The Rock or Snoop Dogg, and everybody says The Rock, and The Rock is a wrestler, bro. Yeah, I know. And but then he transitioned to fucking to bad to acting. Yeah, and he's just been like, you know. And John of, Cena is kind of the same, and like yeah. if in order for anybody to survive in the movie business, you kind of have to learn other languages. No, it's you just, gotta learn Tibetan. No, he's just uh, <laughs> Chinese people. T- uh, for a lot of the, a lot of Chinese people watching, bro. Yeah, it's like two billion, right? Yeah, but it's uh, it's a lot of fucking people, bro. Yeah, but it, as a world figure, bro, like, I feel it. <laughs> Which is crazy because John Cena knows more languages than like. Our I would presence. love to know the stories of him <laughs> learning these languages. What's that? I would love to learn the stories of how he, how he came to language. learning that. Like, yeah. was he forced or anything? But he's just sitting. Every, he tr- studies every Tuesday. Like just probably, or or I wonder if he's like t- he's using like a Chinese like translator app. 
Like, and he, he's just a really good actor. Like, yeah, you yeah. get, like, the monologue. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Chinese is crazy. I, I follow the subscribe to this kid on uh, YouTube. He's a white boy, but he knows, like, 20 languages. Mm. And then he goes to, like, these languages area. So, like, he'll go to, like, a Chinese restaurant mm -hmm. or go to the nail salon. And he knows what they're fucking yeah. saying out to him. And then at the end, he starts talking to them in their language. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. how'd you? And he'll end up getting free shit because the people are so appreciative, appreciative of the fact that he knows their language. Mm. He, they like, yeah, no, you know what? Have it. Please mm. have it. You made my day. Like, knowing this white guy fucking knows how to speak fucking Turkish. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So... Yeah, I, just being supportive, being fucking supportive as fuck, and it, like I've I was asked that before, and like I was like, they were like, what if your son wants to be a ballerina? I was like, well then I'm gonna support him to be the best fucking celeb fucking ballerina in the fucking world, bro. Yeah, bro. What is the fucking Michael Jackson a ballerina? Find that motherfucker, <laughs> YouTube him, put the Bad Bunny image in the studio. Yeah, we're and fucking be bunny. fucking that version of him. Yeah. Let's get to that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like who? Bad Bunny, you know how many fucking artists are going to emerge within the next 10 years just from the 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 phenomenon of Bad Bunny? Like it's crazy, bro. The Bad Bunny is a is a is a is a is a is a result of the reggaeton wave of when I started DJing. Mm. And now the And now now the, art, the artist that is that art that kid Benito, who is yeah. Bad Bunny, his name, his name is Benito. That kid Benito grew up with that culture, that music. And by the time he was 18, 19, which is now our 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 time, he's bad money. So it's like, yeah, man, everything is so impactful. Everything is so. It's weird, and it's weird how the music becomes like a fertile, like land. You understand? Like, like bad bunny is the tree that grew from the soil that was like the soil of the fresh of soil. Culture. Yeah, a culture. Fresh soil culture. culture. That's yeah. a nice way to put it, bro. Yeah, it's culture, and he and he's from like he's the tree that grew in the soil of those of those things. Yeah, and now imagine all the trees that are gonna get planted, all all the branches that oh, are gonna yeah, be coming yeah. off of, from that tree from Bad Bunny's tree. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's sh showing right now, little by little. Oh yeah, so you see how the paradigm shifts. I think that's it's what crazy. I think that's what it's called is a paradigm shift, where. Uh, they bring uh it just it, you know it just it shifts the sound it shifts like i think that would be like 808s because like 808s kind of birthed drake i feel like that's why kanye i is think so, so. Fucking, like i would say so no i i think he, i, I think, remember you remember the first time you heard drake i never forget the first time i heard drake mm. i could see it in my fucking head right Two now of the beats were i was in sex education class yeah and shasta nelson he was sitting in front of me he was a heavy, heavy J.R. Ryder fan. Yeah. Remember J.R. Ryder? J.R. Ryder. I still fuck with J.R. Ryder. Heavy J.R. Ryder fan, very Dilla, a huge Dilla fan. Yeah. But I was very into like Eminem. Like I was, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Spanish kid from immigrant parents, and you know what I'm gonna like is being commercially shown. So I was very into commercial stuff. Yeah. Like the. But then once I got into sixth grade, I got into BET and I got into 106 and Park. Yeah. And it opened up a whole fucking door of like Dipset and fucking fucking Jaquan and fucking Lil Scrappy and Lil Flip and fucking uh, Outkast and all that shit, right? And then fucking, um, um, fuck, I forgot what I was talking about before I got to that. 
<laughs> I really forgot. <laughs> Little flip before all of that. Why did I get into that? Fuck, yeah, I forgot. Damn, B. Tell me about the birth of one mic, yeah. One like mic thing? Yeah, one mic that. Like, the, one mic. Actually, you have the, you had a great origin story for the name One Day. One day it was that my, my, uh, I was, my first DJ name was Eric Kidd. And then, because I was a big Jason Kidd fan, I love <laughs> Jason Kidd. Like, as a basketball player, yeah. I just love Jason Kidd. And, uh, he's actually my favorite, top three favorite basketball players. Um, and then, um, so I was like, I'm I'm going to name myself as great as this guy. His his last name is Kid. Mm. So I'm going to call myself Eric Kid. But then as I got more and more gigs and started meeting more DJs, I started noticing that the Kid was a thing in the yeah. DJ world. Like yeah. a lot of people were naming themselves KID or Kid Capri or Kid something. And then and then I and then I got older and I was like I'm like 22. I'm like, but I'm not a kid anymore. So yeah. well, I got to change my name. Yeah. So then, not but a I kid didn't anymore. <laughs> I was twenty two. Like, yeah, kid like anymore. imagine being thirty five and like you still yeah, be called Eric. Eric kid. Like, <laughs> good job, boy. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure Kid Capri has thought about that too. Like, great, great job, Eric. Great job, kid. <laughs> like, you don't want to be called kid at thirty five. Yeah. My uncle, my uncle is sixty five, still DJing. Actually, I think Fire. older, but he is a uh, DJ those. Teen Angel, bro. He's, he's Teen Angel. Eat brings vinyl and 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 dj's vinyl man as much as i appreciate that i'm glad i yeah, did not bro, fucking. and we take a lot of shit from for that but that's nah. not my fault nah, it's not my it. fault but it's anyway technology baby that's not i my know fault. there's like an analog like you can be mad all you want but it's not it's my just, fault he's just he's just an old dude like, yeah. guy's not gonna fucking like do you want to drive a car with your feet pushing it or you want to drive it with your feet inside with the engine in shout out to the flintstones <laughs> Exactly. Like a, uh, yeah, I, I keep forgetting where our points are. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, what? What? Uh, so you went from GJ? Oh, DJ every kid to one day. So then, yeah, and then uh, at that time, I was very popular on Twitter. I was like, Twitter had just been popping out, and like I would always like, I was kind of very motivational. Not as much as before, but back then I was very motivational. Like I would write like little tweets, like motivational tweets, because I was into sports and shit. So everything yeah. was just motivation, motivation. And I would always end up with one day. So then when I would go to these parties, these college parties, it was mostly college parties, they would, like, yell out, one day. And they were like, I saw your tweet, yo, one day, one day, one day here. And then the song, like, every time, I would just always hear one day. And I thought it was cool when they yelled it out because it sounded like a name. Like, yo, one day. Like, and then, but I knew that they were talking about these tweets that I were putting out. So then I remember I was driving down to a gig on Westside Highway, and I was like, I'm changing my fucking name. I can't be Eric Kid anymore. Not a kid anymore. And then there was also a guy named DJ Kid, just DJ Kid, yeah. and he was making some noise at that time. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, I can't. Like, I can't. I just, you have to have I need to have identity. my own shit. Like, yeah. something that nobody has. Yeah. And then I remember I had wrote a tweet that day ending with the one day. I was like, you know what? What if I just go one day? Like, just DJ one day. One day. One day. Yeah, that sounds, sounds dope. Then I stuck with it. I just fucking stuck with it. And now fucking everybody calls me, mostly everybody in the music, everybody I know through a music connection calls me one day, mm. which is pretty cool. And I and I, I think it makes me my own, gives me my own image, my own fucking... Your own vibe, man. Yeah. So one day happened, and then one my day started... 
2019, a year before the fucking pandemic. And what Mike Days definitely changed my life. Um, on the come up of DJing, I was doing a lot of gigs and also being involved with the Source magazine, and then getting involved with a blog called KillHipHop.com, mm. which was uh, which was like one of the first hip hop sites to ever uh, publish hip hop lyrics. Mm -hmm. So like, if a new Drake song came out. The lyrics have were the lyrics fast, fast, and no, no, nobody was doing that. And genius, genius, Donald genius, genius, fucking innovative, like a genius took it to another level yeah. by being able to have subscribers mean? give their own meaning of what the lyric mean, and then have some artists as verified come and actually give an explanation on it. But just through the thing, they were they weren't doing videos. Yeah. Videos was not a thing, but they blew us out the water of that. But Killer Hip Hop opened the doors for me to meet other people in the music industry and make connections like i interviewed janae aiko and kendrick lamar when they first came out and fucking uh immortal technique and 50 cent and fucking um who else we did oh i'm like i'm blanking out and then uh and then one my day at that time that's when i'm involved with artists because artists up-and-coming artists wanted to connect with me because they knew that i was at the source and they also knew i was working with killer hip-hop yeah. which was just a cool blog i knew the blog was making noise when one day i walked into burton community college and there was like a computer lab where you can rent computer for a certain amount of time yeah. and i walk into the computer lab and as soon as i walk i look to my left and there's two people and two different computers looking through lyrics at through killerhiphop.com yeah and i said oh shit the fucking blog i work for is really popular yeah like I didn't even know these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were on the website that I work for. Looking for the lyrics. So I put I wanted to say that as context to like why artists were trying to f were fucking with me. Right. And like they wanted to get to know me and like we were, you know, I would do interviews and shit like that. I was very that's when I started doing podcasts and I had my own radio show. Mm. I still had a radio show called the Eric Kiss Show and then in the middle of doing the radio show I changed it and then it changed to the one day the one day show. Yeah. And then uh, I started getting involved with some people who were, like, very heavy into putting on shows mm -hmm. for up-and-coming artists. This is, like, 2012, 2013. Man. But I was always the DJ Man, for these shows. Bro. Yeah, bro. It's fucking awesome. Nonstop, bro. Yeah. Just trying to figure it out. Like, trying to become this is all the same the element time. of being the best baseball. Crazy, yeah. Bro. The same time of... <laughs> Man, hits a bat. Interviews. <laughs> <laughs> The same time I'm <laughs> the, the, the fucking ghost starts DJing at night. Dude, what? That's <coughs> fucking crazy. The baseball dude. baseball ended like at 2011 and then <laughs> baseball <laughs> ended when I got the internship for the Source magazine. Yeah. Cuz I had just I I I uh, I um tried out for an all-star team for the summer. Yeah. And uh and then the I made it. Yeah. But the coach was like um, he knew I was. I, t I told the coach, "Listen, I'm, I'm getting involved in the music business," and he was like, "Well, you gotta let me know, cause you know I don't play no games, so like you can't miss anything." Yeah. And it was literally like, "Do I continue playing baseball, knowing that I'm redshirted at college, and I can't play at college until next year, and I'm only gonna play summer baseball, or should I just fucking focus on music?" Mm -hmm. Develop my DJ craft and take this internship at the Source magazine. And I said, fuck it. I'm going to just do the Source magazine thing. Well, and these choices. These choices are what. It, I was really at that at that crossroad. It was yeah. either 
do this and then figure it out as but the to me at that time i felt like it was so much harder to deal with the baseball baseball was a little bit more harder to deal with i think and i felt like music wasn't that easier but it was more doable yeah to where i could take it to a level at where i'm still hoping to get to you know what i'm saying So, One My Day comes from the experience of doing all these showcases in Lower East Manhattan and the Bronx. Then I got involved with some people and I did some 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 traveling, mm. did some shows in Ohio, did some shows in Georgia, some shows in Toronto. Because uh, of Killer Hip Hop, I went to L.A., met some people out in L.A., did some studio time out there. And at the time, I'm sprinkled in a little production. Like, I'm learning Fruity Loops at the time. Mm. But I'm still DJing, et cetera. And I'm doing these DJ events, da 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 Then at like 2015, my son is born, and I kind of like slowed down a little bit, but I still didn't give up because DJing was still my, like, I was making good money. I've developed a, a rapport and, like, got clients and then, you know, made a name for myself locally that, you know, I'm one of the dope DJs out there, like, and rightfully so. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then I was like, you know what? Shout out to the ops. Make some noise for the ops, bro. Make some noise for the ops. Shout out, make some noise for the ops. I just stabbed my name in the DJ. No, for real, I had to. And um, <laughs> and then um, I was like, you know what? I always loved putting on. I never got to put on people that I knew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I was always. DJing these other events for other people that put shows together, but I never got into putting shows together. Yeah. In 2019, uh, shout out to my girl. She she connected me with uh, um, with the bar that I started working at out of 512. Shout out to Eli. Shout out to uh, my guy Frankie. And then you know I told my girl, I said, "Yo, I need I need help to do this. I can't do this alone." So shout out to my baby Madi. She helped me out. She fucking. It was uh, my backbone to all the whole pop, uh, operation, and um, but I, I it, she was the backbone, but I executed a lot. You know what I mean? Because there was a lot of planning, mm-hmm. but someone had to execute it. So I took the role of like, all right, I'm gonna execute. What needs to get done so that this show can exist? Mm-hmm. Creating the label, the one mic day. It was. It's literally. I was just like. Oh, Literally, I wanted to do an open mic. So I, the first show was an open mic. Mm-hmm. So it kind of is a, uh, uh, like a like an entendre, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, double entendre. But like it's just like, like a, a one bit. mic day. So it's like one day, but one mic day, one open mic. You know what I mean? Like yeah, You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, um, but then the open mic idea died after the first show because like, Open mics was just too much. You know what I mean? It's a lot of hit or misses. And I was like, I want to develop a show where the quality of the artists are so good that people will come back just because they know yeah. there's going to be fire artists tonight. Yeah. Because if you do an open mic, you might have one good artist, then you have two trash artists. Yeah. No disrespect, but it's like, you know, you're not ready to hit the stage. And nah, I wanted. It's, it's fucking. It's, and, but yeah, I, and it's I wanted a proving to. Add, ground, yeah, like and, and I, but I wanted to add a little element to like. You know, Going people in a different audience. Like, hey, uh, if I'm getting on one mic day stage, I know it's gonna. I they, there's a lot of respect towards that stage. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. all these other great artists have been on it too. So you're in more. So, so like, I'm getting invited to go on at a point. You're at a fil- not a filtration, but you're like the A and R kind of like. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm bringing out my ear and my time of fucking. Bro, I've been offered money 
Never took a dime. I swear, everything I love. Never took a dime from any artist to perform ever, yeah. ever, ever, ever. To the opposite, bro. The first season of the show, it was free. Yeah. The whole show was free. I just had a great deal with with the bartender with the bar, and like, hey, make some money, at, make some money for us at the bar. We'll give you a cut. Yeah, we don't want any money. We don't. Have to, so all right, bet I'm gonna do the show free yeah. because I used to hate it when I wanted to go to the show, and I still hate it yep. when I gotta go to the show and I gotta drop fifteen twenty dollars, and I'm broke. Yeah. I'm a kid, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm a teenager. I'm, you know, I got a side job. I'm working at a restaurant. I'm working at. Yeah. I'm working at a restaurant. You know what I mean? And then I got into Uber and stuff like that. Yeah, but... Shots to Uber, bro. Without Uber... Woo! Hold it down. I don't think a lot of the shit I was, I'm able to do would not be able to be get done without Uber. So as much as people talk shit about it... It is a fucking... It life. is an amazing invention for the fucking creatives and for artists. It, it might be a little of, shitty, but a it's... Actors, man, yo, all of that. It's, it keeps everybody going. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Uh, You're not supposed to get rich off of it. Yeah. You're not really supposed to make money off of it either. Yeah. Like, there's people who work full-time, but to make money, they got to drive 50 hours, bro. Yeah. The most I'm clocking ever in a week is 25, 30 hours, bro. Because yeah. imagine driving 50 hours in a car, bro. That's a lot. Some people love it, bro. Some people do love it. Some people love it. So, I fucking hate it. I hate driving. <laughs> I can't wait till I don't ever have to drive again. Like I can just hire a chauffeur. Like I'm yeah. bougie. I'm a little bougie like that. But that's because I <laughs> drove so much, bro. I have like at least twenty five thousand hours of driving under my belt. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I hate driving. So. I, I wasn't. A, I wasn't a big fan of. Uh, I I love the distance that it's like. All right, we're in the middle of the woods and we're seeing the fucking. Uh, the shit, but it was like the hour every single day to go to town. Man, it was so hard. I lived in Northern California. A lot of fucking hour every day. 20, 30, 45. I want a coffee. I got to like car, go through the dirt road, make a fucking, you know what I mean? Drive. Wow. You know I mean, you're getting in your mode a little bit, checking your things, but you got to get a coffee and you're just like sitting outside of a fucking you know what i mean it was just uh it's just you know and then you gotta go to it's, it's just like an hour it's yeah. hours of those are pros and cons of living out there day. and then like imagine if you had to like i didn't i was just growing and like i kind of i don't know i was growing and uh it was just so much it was just so much bro to think that you had to go but all the north well, not all the north cows but like driving into town going to work driving back was just like just too much, man. Just too much. I, I, I like... Uh, I actually really like transit here, too. Okay. I like the... Just taking the bus. I like yeah, the track a lot. I was just telling my girl, though, that said... Back in the day, if, if Shorty wasn't a bus... One bus right away... Yeah. The relationship is not gonna happen. Yeah. You gotta be at least one bus. And if you was in the city, one bus, one train. That's it, max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I got a yeah, transfer, yeah. it's over. Yeah. I have no interest. My attraction, you, your pussy whack. Because yeah. <laughs> you live far. <laughs> Bitch, I'm not. You just a one bus away. And there was, you know, the New Jersey Transit. Fucking one of the best things out here, bro. Yeah. Because there's so many. Lo- it could take you almost anywhere. Compared to, like, a, the bus, like, in Miami or a bus in, like, more open area is yeah. kind of strange but anyways back to one bike day so yeah i kicked it off and that's pretty much it just developed it started doing videos yeah. um i taught myself uh premiere pro 
taught myself uh, Photoshop because I had no money to pay somebody. I had no money for somebody. Only had enough money to pay someone to record, but not to edit it. Yeah. So I was like, I'll hit up a camera guy. I was like, how much is it to record? Yeah. Uh, it's like this. Okay, fine. I'll just I'll edit it. Yeah. Because I couldn't afford the other extra money. Yeah. So that's just the way I work. Like if I if I can't afford it, then I have to. I have to forcefully teach myself how to do it yeah. so I can save that money. So yeah. I've taught myself a lot of shit so I can make money. <laughs> yeah. 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 But look at how, like, far it's, like, it's grown, man. It's, like, but, it's just, but doing that, so you're learning Premiere Pro and, like, doing, like, that stuff, bro, you just produced a fucking a video for 07 of Shake. Yes. And yeah. that was crazy. And that comes from, that, that comes from the connection and network I built back when i was at the source magazine yeah for me making the decision all right i'm gonna focus on this music shit mm. and the relationships that i built from that time i stay in con contact stay in development stay you know whatever is needed favors or for favors you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and then you start then the it shows you that the world is so fucking small mm. and everybody knows everybody somehow some way or another and that land, literally that landed on my lap they were like yo here we need to do this but i know the only guy who can make this happen is you i was like, okay what i gotta do you need this we need that okay i can get it all done mm. and then the product of that came out which is great i'm proud of that video two million i think it's at 2.5 right now that's nice that's pretty cool. It's going off, and it's only getting better, bro. Yeah, man. Quote Rashad Wright, getting better and better. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. So what's next? What's next? Next? Um, a lot. Next right now is definitely the music. Because after One Mic Day, after the, after the pandemic, I brought One Mic Day back. And it was a good success coming back after the pandemic. But the love for it has 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 tamed itself a little bit to a point where like I'm not interested in doing shows anymore at this at the moment. Mm. Because from everything that I've done, doing shows is not lucrative unless you have um sponsors. Mm. Um, if there's no sponsors or big sponsors putting it on to their, the key of doing a show is to have a sponsorship to where then you can have, take the money and develop a full show production of the show where you have camera, different camera angles, great audio quality, great lighting, mm -hmm. packaging that up and putting on a great series on YouTube. Mm. But that costs money. That costs time. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, I don't have the resources of having a team where they're willing to do it at a at a cost of like get paid later. Mm. And I can't. I refuse to be that person mm. to enforce that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's that's still at the same time. I'm still I still got DJing going. I'm still DJing clubs. I'm still DJing different cities. I just DJed in Miami this year. DJed in Atlanta. I'm about to go DJ in Colombia during the New Year's. Just got back from Basel. Yeah, our Basel was dope. 
Um, and definitely going back to our Basel next year. I'm bringing you with me. Yeah, I'm down. We're gonna bro. talk about we're, it. We'll talk about that, it. Yeah. Figure this out. I want to start planning it by like by April, May. That's when you start planning it. All I right, noticed. Fuck it, we out here. Because by December is a lot. It's just. But I did it. I yeah. th- they gave me a month to plan it, and I planned it, made it done, and it happened in a month. Yeah. But um, I know with some time it could be really, it could sure, be better. And more prepare, more people, et cetera. So it's getting down to Miami, bro. But that shows that I will do, that I'm more yeah, interested there. on. I'm yeah. at a point now where like I l- I would rather do a show in Miami or do a show in Atlanta. Yeah. Or start taking shows on the road yeah. and start connecting, you know, like a little kinda like, you know, a, a tour promoter, a tour yeah. producer, you know what I'm saying? And I think that that is really dope. I love that. I I I still have a, a crush on that. Yeah, I don't, that's like the best way I could say. It. Like, still. I have this little crush on like still putting on shows. Yeah, but right now I'm really in love with music, like creating music and creating music with artists, and that's because of the product that I've created. I think is really good. Um, I'm very proud of what I've made, and I'm I love the reactions of what people, how people feel when they hear the stuff that I made out of my fingers and shit and my computer clicking and stuff and. Being in front of hours of computers and being hours in front of the program and learning new shit and like, and but I it wasn't it wasn't an accident because like one might they purpose that mm. so they're where okay I have now a network of artists that fuck with me because they see that I could put on dope shows and they see that I put on dope artists too mm. and ninety percent of the artists are from Jersey because I'm from Jersey. There's a ten percent of artists that are from from New York. That's because I was I had a chunk of my time in New York. Mm. So I, there's a lot of artists that I still fuck with from are from New York. But those artists from New York came to Jersey yeah. and performed in Jersey for the first time yeah. because of me. Yeah. So with that said, now I have tapped into an artist network where now that I have music, I can tap into them and like, yo, let's make some music now. Yeah. It's different when you're making shows and you're just putting on shows, and I think that's cool. But I think it's really cool when you put on a show and the artist that's performing is performing music that you made with them, too. Yeah, shit is nuts, bro. Different feeling. And it's happened yeah. already. I've already experienced that, yeah, which met, is amazing. Met Alexander Noir. Alexander Noir, he performed like two songs of that yeah, I did yeah. with him uh, last Friday. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, And that's such a cool feeling. And that's a new thing in my life yeah. right now because I'm. I remember I'm just a DJ. I just been the guy in the back playing the music. Now I'm the guy literally in the back back of the song. Like the song that yeah. the song is being played is I made it now. Yeah. And that's the level that I've been trying to reach for I would say the last 5 years with the hurdle was me having to be a father mm-hmm. and taking some down like some downtime. Mm-hmm. But now I can't now I'm like now that my son is at an age where he like, he can be he's like junior independent now. Like he can independently take care of himself mm-hmm. to a limit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But it's not like I have to. Not a, it's not as different when you have to be a dad during the ages of like one through five, mm-hmm. where it's, it's very like yo don't eat that. Yeah, don't eat that. Like don't do that. I can't do this. Da da da. But now like, my son is like a Fortnite freak. Like yeah, I think he might be a gamer. Like, yeah. and I'm like now reaching out to. Uh, I'm reaching out to esport leagues. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I have a seven-year-old <laughs> fucking phenom in my house. What do I do with him? 
I've literally emailed two different esports leagues and not responded to me. Yeah. So if you're listening, fucking hit me back, bro. <laughs> but this is how this is what you know what I'm saying. Like now that I see him, my son is seven years old and he's winning these games. Yeah. And so and if you don't know how to Fortnite works, bro, yeah. Fortnite every I'm, game uh, there's a hundred players in Fortnite. Yeah, a hundred. Okay, you don't have to kill all hundred, but you have to be the last player standing. Yeah, and you win. My seven-year-old son is doing that. At oh, the, yeah. Like, he's being the last one. He's the winning guy. Yeah. Anyways, long story. Winning guy. You know, guy's winning. So, like, now, you know what I mean? So, now I'm, like, I'm invested in him. Like, yeah. now I play with him. I'm, like, okay, you want to play? What kind of dad are you going to be, though, bro? Are you, uh, are you like, I'm the, still very strict, though. Are you, like, though. the Tiger Woods dad where he's, like, I'm going to fucking jingle my keys <laughs> and shit? When That's you have to putt, nah. like you fucking I'm a go. little bit of a Serena you Williams. I'm, like, a little bit of the Serena Williams dad. Oh, uh, yeah. A little bit of him. I gotta see that. Um, oh, you gotta see it because he was very disciplined, but he was disciplined to a point of like not letting his girls have a social life mm. much. S- but I want my son to have a social life. Yeah. I want him to be out. I still want him to be normal. So I let him. Let but him if drive. but I also want him to be normal, but also be competing at a higher level than the average. Yeah. You know what I'm saying because average they just go to the local recreation department. They go to their local thing, yeah. and I'm like, nah, fuck that. Where's the best team? They practice where? In Newark? I bet. We're going to drive out to Newark every time. Yeah, practice. Yeah, practice what? Three times a week? All right, we're going to Newark three times a week so you can go to practice. Because we can. It's not like we can't. We can. And literally right now, I'm in a literally right now I'm in a group chat with all the parents that in the soccer team. And they're trying to start another they're trying to start another practice day. More another practice. But that means more money. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck y'all. I'm not spending more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? You want the kid to be fucking. Like, because those parents, they're not really chasing their dreams. Not that I know of. (laughs) They're working a nine to five and make this money. Yeah. I'm still trying to chase my dreams and chase my son's dreams with him. You know what I'm saying? Shit's different, bro. It's crazy. Shit's different over here. And at the same time, I'm dropping new music. This year, yo, I made this banging ass Jersey Club song, bro. I really, really feel like it's gonna explode on TikTok. What? I swear to God, bro. What? If it don't, then something's wrong. But if it does, don't be the surprise, man. I'm telling <laughs> you, bro. And the guy who I did the song with got like fifty thousand followers on fucking Instagram. Yeah. Organic, like he's killing it. Yeah. Shouts to Ty. Uh, Alexander wrote it. I fucking produced that whole bitch by myself. Because nowadays, producers, they produce it, but then they got, like, four other motherfuckers. Nah, nah. Yeah. By my fucking self. But, yeah, anyways. And shout-outs to Star Cloud, which is the studio I'm a part of. And uh, it makes shit happen. Word. All right. I don't know where else to go. I don't know. I guess we'll cut it at that, bro. <laughs> we'll do a part Recorded two. Recorded here live at Phenotype Stages, Prototype Patterson, New Jersey. Shout-outs to Prototype. Shout-outs to Because Prototype. we've done a few One Mic Day shows here, and it's amazing shouts to alex shouts to the whole crew shouts to everybody at prototype hey shouts to you matt thank you for for being such a great guy and uh thank you for being an amazing guest no nah, you're fucking you're just your energy is always always just so warm thank you thank you that's the best way to put it Where? yeah I very very warm energy and it's really good energy and shouts to you shouts to the afternoon fm and uh, we lit that's it guys stay black Black.